Welcome to Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today the film that has everyone talking about. It's called Baby Driver, and it's currently running a rare 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think for the first 90 minutes, it is by far the best film I've seen so far this year. That's impressive. It's impressive. (laughs) I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Cogill. Gary says this week's feature film is edgy, innovative, modern, and fantastic, at least for some of it, Mm -hmm. most of it. So for Baby Driver, we'll pair wines from one of the most passionate, enthusiastic, innovative, and energetic winemakers I've met, Thierry Germain of Domaine Rouge Neuve in the Samour region of the Loire Valley of France. So, Gary, you love you loved most of Baby Driver. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So for it's all just under two hours long, and for ninety minutes, I think it is it is so good and so smart. And I'm going to say this, and it's odd to say this because this is a very violent, edgy, energetic film. Yeah. But for the first 30 minutes, I felt like it's going to break into La La Land any minute because it's, <laughs> it's really like watching a musical because he has, it's this guy, it's this actor and he's, he's, he's a kid and he's, and you know, the character he plays is, is, is a kid and he's really tall and he doesn't speak very much and he wears but headphones. But he's not an actor. He's, he's. No, he isn't. I mean, the character. Oh, his his like he, his day job is that he's trying to be an actor, and by no, night, no, he's no, tra- no. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so he's, let me backtrack. Yes. Here's the story. You know, it's a movie. So okay, the, I was like, the, is he a, is he an actor by day? Movie, and he's, a, he's tall and a bank robber by night. He had some horrible things happen in his childhood. Uh, it's played out pretty early in the film. You learn why he does what he does, and while he helps poor people and blind people and does all these wonderful things. At night, he drives. Uh, he's the getaway driver for bank robbers, and they're bad guys. They're they're bad, bad people, and they'll kill you in a nanosecond. They'll kill kill him in a nanosecond, and they're annoyed with him because he never says anything. And they're all tatted out, and they got guns. Kevin Spacey is kind of the business guy that runs the you know the crime syndicate. Nice, and uh, and he's great, and he's got everyone has their own issues. John Bernthal. Mm-hmm. From Walking Dead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who did not last very long in The Walking <laughs> Dead, it will scare the daylights out of you. And I'm going to say it's the best thing I've seen Jamie Foxx do since winning the Oscar for Ray. For Ray, interesting. And I, I hope he gets an Oscar nomination for this for supporting actor. So you have all these creepy characters, and, and it's a, it sounds like a, a a normal story, a normal story. It sounds like a conventional story. A, a kid is a getaway driver. He meets a girl played by Lily James who run, who works in a diner. She's got her own issues. Mm-hmm. And they instantly are attracted to each other. She brings him out a little bit. He talks a little bit. But he's always on his headphones, his iPod. And he's listening to the soundtrack of his life because that's the only way he can function because of what happened to him as a child. Wow. And he makes mixtapes and listens to them all the time. And every event in his life, he has a mixtape for. Mm-hmm. In fact, he has hundreds of them, mm-hmm. including traumatic events. And they're they're kind of fascinating. And so he starts to come out a little bit. They fall in love. And, of course, he wants to do one last job because he's beholden to Kevin Space. And he has to get one last job to pay him off for whatever he did before. And so he can just escape. And run away, and of course, that last job I was gonna say, is the hardest of all. Can, can you ever do? Yes, and it Does may the not, last yeah. job ever really work. So you have all these characters. Jamie Foxx scared the daylights out of me in this film. I I was so intimidated by his character, and you know, you want this kid who's good but does bad things. He's a troubled kid, mm-hmm. but what he's doing is bad, mm-hmm. and he's working with bad people, but he's doing it for good reasons. So you're you're sympathetic towards him, and then with the girl, you just just get out, do one last job, get. 
get out of yeah. here and you hope nobody dies. And people are dying a lot in this film. There's mm-hmm. a lot of collateral damage. And and I I think that whole soundtrack of its life, it's it's an Oscar contender for sound editing mm-hmm. because every step they take is to the beat of the sound he's listening to in mm-hmm. his headphones. And every, every he even walks down the street like he's about to break into song, you know, like they did in La La Land. Mm-hmm. But it's his life. And so it's a, it's really interesting how they're doing this. Yeah. Who's they're, the director on it? Because that sounds really like it was it was well it sounds like they yeah. they did it really well that that it was fantastically yeah. well it's edgar wright so edgar wright did shawn of the dead which is he made spoofs mm-hmm. with and he did shawn of the dead he's a british director mm-hmm. which is a, a spoof on zombie films that if mm-hmm. you get and walk you know they walk so slow that if you walk real slow too you can still avoid them <laughs> um he did hot fuzz which was a send up on a spoof on a, a buddy cop movies uh-huh. then he did scott pilgrim versus the world and he 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 makes really interesting funny Mostly funny films, and this is a very funny film until until it takes that turn. And so I'm going to say this: with about 30 minutes to go in the film, the tone, the whole tone changes, and it becomes a different movie for me. And I think a lot of the people that are watching this movie will love that different movie. Okay. I didn't like it as much as the first 90 minutes. And you know how I feel about La La Land. Mm-hmm. Just to even mention La La Land in the same in the same context, breath, because exactly. the, the context is all this great music that we know in our lives. Uh-huh. He plays in his headphones, so there's not a, there's very few songs that he'll play during his job or just in life in general or walking down the street that we have not heard. Mm-hmm. So there, I can't imagine the music rights to this movie. So everything about it worked. And what I was going to say is this conventional story about boy meets girl, one last job, they got to get out of town, they may or may not make it, is is typical, and the movie is completely untypical. Nice. It's, it's just kind of original and remarkable. It's great. And I have to see it again, mm-hmm. because I may love the ending the second time. I didn't love it the first time. And what what all happens and right. takes place? I don't want to give anything away, but man, that those jobs are hard. And I I was troubled by the last thirty minutes because there's a lot of cop killing in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cops that get killed, and it bothered me. Mm-hmm. It bothered me in the context that this is of how it was done. It's it's not a real life movie, but it's trying to act like real life mm-hmm. because because you're, you're sympathetic towards them. They're not robots. You're not superheroes. Right. You know, they can do amazing things. John Hamm is in the film. Mm-hmm. And he's got a partner in the film, a female, an actress named Gonzalez, and they're they're like right out of Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. They they're just crazy, and it's you know I'm I'm pulling up good films, La La Land, Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Tarantino stuff, and yet this is completely original. So I'm I'm a huge fan of Baby Driver. I will stop down when it comes on TV eventually. But you and I are going to the theater. Yeah, I can't wait. I, in, I had to miss the the screening this yeah. past week, so I'm excited, very very excited to see it. And and it sounds like don't go see some uh, uh, yet another superhero movie this this weekend. Go see Baby Driver fast. I think so. And you know, it's getting a lot of buzz. And in the internet world, this is the movie everyone's talking mm-hmm. about. After this, it'll be Planet of the Apes. After that, it'll be Dunkirk. But this was such a huge hit. Hit I think at Sundance, and nobody's really seen it since. It's just been getting all these great reviews from awesome. people who have seen it at film festivals. But that kind of edgy, cool 
It's like it's like nothing you've seen. Yeah, yeah. I can't compare it to anything. I like that. Or I, I like, like it a lot. Well, I like innovation. I like edgy. I do too. I like um, enthusiasm. I like I like brains. Um, which just is that why in, you married me? Obviously, my love. Obviously, thank you. So, um, in thinking about kind of the the lead up, and again, I apologize. I haven't seen the film yet, but I think my pairing's pretty spot on because a couple years ago, when I had a chance to visit the Loire region of France. So think about, you know, 90 minutes outside of Paris. Um, it's a very large region, grows both, um, gro- grows Pinot Noir and Sauvignon Blanc, grows um, Chenin Blanc in the Vouvray region and in Samore, which is kind of our little pocket that I'm talking about. So almost middle Loire Valley, as well as just, you know, I'm such a Cab Franc, a Cabernet Franc freak and I think yes, Loire Valley Cab Francs are some of the most beautiful as well as out um to to the Atlantic where you're going to get into more of like the Muscadets. So it, it's a very large region grows a lot of different varieties but think about the middle Loire region um where they do this beautiful very dry it it actually can be um Chenin Blanc can go anywhere from very very dry to a a sweeter wine with some residual sugar left in as well as as sparkling so, so it's versatile it's very it's very versatile <laughs> um as well as as well as cabernet franc so those two grapes in particular and we were in this part of the region and had dinner with um one chateau owner and then a friend of his joined him because both of these gentlemen are very into clean organic biodynamic farming and the friend that joined us was this gentleman named Thierry Ger- Maine, and he um, he he is bigger than life. He's very tall. He's very imposing. He's very um, energetic. He talks with his hands a lot because he's so passionate about what he's doing that he can't get his point across unless he's unless he's literally you know nine feet tall. Wow, he's got to trying to get the words with out his, with his enthusiasm over the fact that he is making such interesting wines in this pocket of France that that have become some of the the finest of the region both for his his philosophy using biodynamic viticulture and we've talked a lot about kind of green wines and biodynamic wines before on the show but he it's really because that's how that's the best way to tell the story of the land um his winery it's domaine rouge neuve um it, in the samore region so right next kind of right next to vouvray and he he's actually um, from Bordeaux, left Bordeaux in the early '90s to move to the Loire Valley, and and really, with the goal to to celebrate clean viticulture, and then to make Cabernet Franc that that broke every stereotype because Cabernet Franc can sometimes have a little bit of a vegetal taste to it. It can have some of those green notes if it's not ripe enough. And, and can kind of have some harsh tannins again if it's not managed well, but to make very luscious, very fragrant and, and rich and drinkable and exciting Cabernet Franc and then bone dry, steely, mineralic, very clean Chenin Blanc that then if you allow them to age for a period of time will, will develop some of these beautiful round notes with some texture and some, some additional kind of layers of flavor. He, he is 
one of the biggest personalities in wine that I've ever met. And, and he was so much fun and, and very edgy, kind of, especially for this region. It's, yeah. it's, if you think about what the Loire Valley is, it's, it, it's so many of the wine regions in France are just absolutely gorgeous. But this is where Versailles is. This is the land of gorgeous chateaux, very big palatial chateaus. It's also one of the, the parts of France that was hit very, very badly during World War II and, and World War One. But, um, there, there's still these very, very big, very imposing, very historic chateau. And here's this guy, kind of a newcomer, kind of edgy, coming in and shaking things up. And doing things differently? To to create these wines yeah. that um, wow. that really kind of showcase not only the land and the terroir, but his his personality. So so kind of a fun one. So two terms I think of when, as you explain, uh, um, clarity. I think these are uh, precision. Mm-hmm. Very it, focused. Because this this guy, this Ansel Elgort, or what's his name, Ansel so, Elgort, I, yeah. the actor, but the character that he plays is mm-hmm. so about precision. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everybody in that car is going to die. Right. Uh, I, I mean, it's just uh, I find that interesting about this winemaker, mm-hmm. and I, I I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, he's a fun one. We had fun. So. Wow, that's just <laughs> and, good stuff. And I'm pretty sure he still does. I think that Kermit Lynch um, brings his wines in, and and if you know anything, if you're a wine fan, and and kind of. Um, follow any importers that that do it really well. Um, Kermit Lynch is is one of the the best, and I've talked before about like Leon Barral's wine mm-hmm. from the Languedoc. He's one of Kermit's clients. I think that you know you can kind of trust if you if you see that the Kermit Lynch is the importer for wine, you can kind of trust that that that's going to be a good bottle just because of his own process and how he actually selects the the wineries that he works with and the quality is always going to be there so so the interesting trademark of the summer movies is usually your wine is better than the movie we're talking about and this is a case where the the movies are I think really, we're on par really good and the wine's really really good yeah when we come back on Kogel wine and film a perfect pairing a recent trip to New York City New York City yes that included <laughs> salsa and a meaningful <laughs> trip to Broadway. And Haley makes her debut at the James Beard House in Manhattan. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. And we're just glad you're taking the time to follow our adventures. And that includes a recent trip to New York City where, well, my amazing wife had the opportunity to present wine at the legendary James Beard House during a dinner prepared by our friend, Dallas chef and owner of Parigi's, Janice Provost. It's Parigi. It's not not plural. (laughs) I plural everything. I pluralize everything. (laughs) It's just, it's the owner of Parigi, Janice Provost. Provost. <laughs> Sorry, Judas. <laughs> and her pink clad team, Parigi. Can we talk about this beard dinner? I want to hear it from your point of view. And I'm just going to, I'm going to highlight my point real quick because yours is the one that's important. It was a stunning evening. You were awesome. Thank you, baby. The wine was great. The food was great. The people chatted and were, I think, having one of the best times of their lives. And that's a, that's a, an amazing thing to be able to get to the beard house. Just to be there. Yeah. So, so it was a bucket list for me, but to be there with you, I was so proud of you. Thank you, baby. It was kind of stunning watching you in front of the Beard House people. So it was, it was very, it was an incredible honor. And, and, you know, I was very, um, 
thankful to to Janice that she asked me to to be there to help her. We had um, a lot of meetings to kind of prep and and selected the wines to pair with the dishes. You know, the Beard House requests the the menu. I think we started working on this back in February to do an event at almost the end of June. Um, had a pre dinner that that we kind of worked out any kinks and then presented. Um, her American in Paris, which was her theme for the night for 80 plus people. One of the largest crowds I know that the Beard House has had, at least in the last few months, um, for, for a lot of Dallas uh, friends that came up as well as a lot of Beard members, um, that, that we did. I had a, a, a few of the actual members that come to a lot of the events that, that said the wine has never been better and the room has never been as loud, which I think both of those often go hand in hand. But I was very, very happy to hear that. And Janice's food and, and her fantastic team just really knocked knocked it out with with the food. But why this was kind of such an honor and why I was I was so uh, happy to help Janice and, and be there and support her and do what I could do for her is just because of who James Beard was. And and he actually, you know, he is a Portland native. native. I, don't I learned know if this you that. through you. Yeah. I did not know that growing um, up. Yeah. And, and he, in addition to being a cook and and a cookbook author and a television personality he he was really a great teacher and mentor and and really believed in and in, in American cuisine and and he and he taught and he mentored generations of professional chefs and enthusiasts based on on this belief and it's so interesting because you know his best friend was Julia Child who was all about French cuisine. Right. And so it's kind of interesting that 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 the cuz you know often French cuisine thinks that it's a better cuisine than American. So with both of their personalities obviously Julia Child being American, but um they they were very dear friends and and really um supported each other through throughout each other's careers. So he passed away in 1985. And Julia Child really wanted to kind of celebrate him and preserve this home in the middle of Greenwich Village. And it's really a rather unassuming home. If you think about the chefs that have come through the door and cooked at the Beard House, um, it's it's really rather unassuming. I'm very glad that not too long ago, a plaque was actually put up in front of the house so you'd actually know where it is. Otherwise, you're just looking for a number and it, you you would probably miss it. And it's not a flamboyant plaque at all. It's just yeah, it's the just name. it just says the name. You got to know the address. And you and you walk in and it's not a um it's it was his home. It's it's yeah. not, you know, it's tiny, it's narrow stairways. It's very it's up much and down. it's a I think it's a four story, but um most of the action just happens on the first two stories as well as this beautiful courtyard outside. Um and and it it's it's definitely you can tell that it was. I think the home was originally built in eight in eight the mid eighteen hundreds, yeah. and and you can kind of tell it's it's definitely seen some wear and tear as well as just all the chefs that have come through and present these dinners. So, um, Julia Child wanted to help kind of preserve both who he was as well as this home. Um, they created his foundation and um, the James Beard Foundation actually really has provided scholarships to to high school students to food professionals to um to aspiring chefs kind of all of these different layers has a great scholarship program to to win a James Beard award as many chefs 
try to, um, the, you know, it's a rather coveted award and it's not uh, given out lightly. There, I know many, no. many chefs that in addition to have just wanting to be invited to cook at the Beard House, which you it is by invitation only. Um, it is for they they open up the the dinners to both members of the foundation as well as guests, which um, kind of is how so many of of our Dallas friends were able to to join us up there, and and then all the proceeds from the night uh, go to to this foundation and to all of these scholarship programs. So it's it's pretty incredible. They do I think on their books I spoke with their program director just a little bit, and on their books they have about two hundred events a year. So in 365 days a year, that they're they're that's one busy. every other day or more exactly. Yes, but and that's like events on the books as well as just hosting different events wow. or doing little cooking competitions and that sort of thing. Um, Janice's food was was amazing. We did all uh, French pairings, which for her American in Paris was perfect. I I saw actually several of of the the kind of the press that were invited. Many of them I've actually traveled with before, so it was great to kind of put on my other hat and and see them in in that in that vein, and and then have have them say, "Wow, I never would have thought this pairing worked," which then kind of was a was there a big surprise of the night for you pairing? Um, the one that that I. I was just so pleased that everyone enjoyed was that um, Janice did a Hosanta wrapped sea bass that she um, Hosanta is a, a, a it's, it looks like a leaf yeah, that like a she leaf. Um, that she actually grew in her garden but it has kind of an anise flavor and then she put a a pepper like a, a, a it was either a, I think it was probably a, a serrano pepper with a whole bunch of different herb kind of rub on the fish and then steamed it in that leaf. And so I knew it was going to be spicy. I knew it was going to have some kind of herbaceousness. Was thrilled that it was actually sea bass because that's kind of a, a, a fattier white fish. So mm-hmm. it, it could, um, and, and the team did a great job and, and the cook on that to pair with a Gewurztraminer from Alsace, from Trimbach, which, you know, one of the most historic wineries in the Alsace region. I think they're, they're on their 13th generation now. And, and Gewurz has a lot of that kind of, um, floral and herbal characteristics, but also a little, you know, it has a, a touch of, of residual sugar on it. So it's going to have a little bit more, um, richness and, uh, but still great acidity. And I was <clears throat> just really hoping that I knew that that pairing was going to be great. I just was hoping everybody yeah. else was. So. Well, there were some of these things, angles about the dinner. Just watching you up front was so much fun for me. But every conversation was about food and wine all night long. We yeah. talked about other things, but not very much. It's like, like, look at that, and look at that. And, you know, this is not a casual group of people that go out to dinner once in a while. Right. These are people who have fine dined probably all over the world. Yeah. And, and to be a part of that... A bucket list for me was just to be at the Beard House, and so to be there with you was just. Thank you. I mean, I, well, and their staff, their their team, their staff that, is great. Their staff and this very very tight quarters with that many people. I do. I I take my hats off just to to the work that they do for so much good. Um, because we, I, I just it was a joy to be able to work with them and and to see how how seamlessly they flowed together. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, I don't I, being a psalm, I I don't really work as a psalm, and so I don't work the floor of a of a restaurant, and so to have that kind of opportunity and 
and do what I love, which is to stand up and 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 talk to people about wine and and share the stories that I knew and that I love and 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 hopefully pair it pair each wine beautifully with the food. And again, I think that that team Parigi knocked it out and and it was just great to hear hear such a vibrant buzz and and to have everybody having so much fun. You so. knocked it out. It's a night I'll never forget. Oh, I'll never sorry. forget that night. Yeah. That's a it's a huge, huge night. We we went But to in a, addition to that we, we went had, to a Broadway show. We did. We we took a few extra days, which I'm just so thrilled that we did. Um, to just enjoy the mm-hmm. city, even just walking around Central Weather Park. Weather was great. Yeah, yeah we got very Was lucky. it your first time to walk around the reservoir behind? It was, yeah. Because the reservoir behind the Metropolitan Museum of Art is really great. Yeah. And it's great watching because you get a whole different view. You get a 360 right. view of See the city. Right, see both east side and west side, so yeah. it was great. That was neat. But Come From Away was yeah. really good. So it's a Broadway musical based on right after, you know, when 9-11 happened, all these planes that were in the air. Um, 38 planes. 38 planes were all diverted to Newfoundland. Yeah. And uh, a town of, what, 6,000, 3,000? Something like that. Something like that. And they took in over 7,000 people for really four to five days. Uh, some of these people were on a plane for 24 hours. Right. And they didn't have anywhere to go. From they, every culture. I from every culture and every walk of life around the world. And a lot of them international travelers. And they all they all converged on this little town. And that town opened their arms up to them. In fact, that's really what it's about. It's about the generosity of of human beings. It really is. Uh, like so, like I believe in humanity again. Yes. Uh, also, we it's ninety minutes with no intermission, mm-hmm. and I think I started crying at about forty five minutes because it was so meaningful and good, not because it was sad. No, I, I it's was not a sad music. I was actually a few minutes before you because yeah, about ten minutes in, I was just because the it's it's a beautifully written yes um, um, the lyrics because it is a lot of song. Obviously, it's a musical. There, that's kind of nicely interspersed, so you can follow the characters really well. It's a very small cast. I want to say what fifteen people. Yeah. I want to say about, about around 12, 12. 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that play kind of a key Newfoundler, Newfoundlanders parts, people from Newfoundland. Newfoundlanders, um, Newfoundlanders. Uh, thank you. Uh, but then they also, you know, do a very quick shift, change a hat, change a coat, change a, yeah. a tie, and then now they're they're a person on the plane, or now yeah. they're, uh, you know, now they're a person on this plane, and now they're... they're they called them plane people. Right. And, and so I, I appreciated how seamless it was, and how great the words were because because I love when music actually we know that music in every musical will tell a story but often it's not quite as impactful as I thought this was right I heard every lyric to every song yes. and every character I understood 15 minutes into mm-hmm. it and then got deeper and deeper it's a very deep and rich musical. Yeah. And, and it's I fast. Think, it's 90 minutes. And it's but. fast. And and it, the, the people cannot stand up and give it a standing ovation fast enough yeah. because it's a musical that doesn't allow you to stop and and clap after every song right. and applaud. It just kind of builds this momentum, and then you just gush. Yeah. You just gush because you have to. So a woman sitting next to me, that was her seventh time to so. see it. Yes. Seventh time. Yeah. And it was just... So I, I, well, I, and I, I, I think love it, it shows well. We've, yeah, we... we 
there was there's so much great there there's so yeah. many great shows on Broadway right now. There's there are always great shows, and so it's how do you choose which one to see? And and I know that you know Hello Dolly has gotten great reviews with Bette Midler. I know that that you know if you can hey if you can afford a Hamilton ticket, run or, and de- get or it. Dear Evan Hansen. If and you Dear can Evan even Hansen get it. is yeah. is supposed to be great. And Bandstand. I mean, there's so many great things right now. I could not be happier that this is what we chose. And I will say thanks to our friend Jerry Lear for saying yes, run, because she had seen it. She's up in in the city and and recommended it. And we really did on her recommendation. We did, yeah. Yeah. Because she's seen kind of everything, living in in, in Manhattan. And and so it was just really, really great to... I I was thrilled. And we had a a few great dinners. We So So we walked. We started walking. Um, After our reservations, oh, we can walk there. We can get there. So I, I, we, Gary because and I are we walkers. Walk a lot, yeah. We're walkers. We're not, we're not like, like Fear the Walking Dead walkers, but we're walkers. And I made us a dinner reservation thinking I knew exactly where we were staying and where the restaurant was. I'm like, oh. We're, we're staying on 76. I, we're in the Upper East Side. It's kind of close to the Flatiron Building. Oh, we can do. That's easy. I, we've got that. Couple miles. I think. No the, big deal. I think, I think we walked about five and a half it miles. Was right it was to right next to the World Trade the Center. <laughs> From like 76. From 76. <laughs> way down and if way you know over. New York, that was not. <laughs> we just didn't have we the right We kept calling on. them and pushing our reservation. <laughs> we went to a great place called Odeon, and I. it was We had was the best great. waiter. We had great, it was a cute little French bistro. It was just yeah. fun. Had a great dinner with, with some friends at Estella. And, Estella was good. Yeah. yeah. And, and cocktails at the Backrack Bar, which was. At the Backrack Bar. Which I will say, not if you're. Not Backrack, but no, the, the, the gem. Bas- yes, the, the crystal. Yeah, the crystal. And if you're if you're going to New York, it's a relatively new hotel, I think. And yeah. man, it's swanky. It's super swanky. It's swanky. <laughs> hey, they have good cocktails too. So. Also, well, uh, you know, you, you think all the time. Well, we just grab a cab, and every once in a while, you find yourself in a part of the city when we're we're way down there, and we we couldn't get a cab forever. Oh just, yeah, well, it was Pride weekend, so they had had right, their, the their pride parade. Their pride parade. A lot of a lot of uh, streets were. Shut off, and and so we just <laughs> we just start walking some more. Yeah, we love New York. New York's such a great city. It was it was so much fun to be up there, and and look forward to to finding an opportunity. To go we back. walked through the Carlisle Hotel because Woody Allen was there playing two nights. Yes. He was doing his last two shows. Yeah. of all time. Yeah, and and uh, they were sold out or at least for we, the season. Nope, I don't know if yeah. it's all time, but well, I think it's because he's been playing season. on Monday nights at the Carlisle for right, for years forever. and years. So, uh, and we didn't get to see Woody Allen, you know, play the clarinet with his all-star band. But, so we had a James Beard dinner to go to. But we to. had a James Beard dinner to go to, and you were awesome. Thank you, thank you. We had a good time. Next week on Cogill Wine and Film and Perfect Pairing, look at one of the best years in the history of film. That's 1967. It's the 50th anniversary of The Graduate and Bonnie and Clyde, Cool Hand Luke. And three Sidney Poitier films, including In the Heat of the Night and The Greatness of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I cannot wait. Yep. I can't wait. But for more on the wines or film we talk we talked about today, check out our blog on CogillConsulting.com or through Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and see what we're drinking now by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas and Court. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.